Hey everyone, welcome to the Between the Bytes podcast. We're bringing together everything business leaders need to know about IT and technology, from cybersecurity to networking, disaster recovery in the cloud, and beyond. We're running webinars, guest podcasts, live videos, and more, and we're bringing it here together in audio format in this podcast feed. Thanks for joining us, and now on to the episode. Today I have with me Ben Reese, training manager, and Christian welcome. Arnold. Thank you. Newcomer. Welcome, Christian. Thank you. Christian is also on our training team, but also one of our star IT consultants. Star, star. In this room alone, not counting me, we've got some serious tech power. I bring it down. So, I don't glad know you guys are here. You're a pretty techy marketing guy. <sighs> Maybe marketing, but not tech. But let's talk tech. Let's talk about what do you guys use at home to facilitate work, technology-wise. So, if you had to recommend a router or access point for your home office, what would you recommend? If you had to recommend a monitor, a mouse, a keyboard, let's lay it out. What's your dream? We're not talking like a gamer setup. Let's not go that far crazy. Have you seen those gamer chairs? They're nice. I've totally like stumbled upon those the last couple of days. Those things are sick. So ideal, ideal, ideal home office. Um, ubiquity stuff's really good for wireless. So we we use that at clients, but you can also easily use it at home. So do they have like a consumer level and an enterprise level piece of equipment and you would just get the consumer run? If I were gonna go with access points at home, I would have the in-wall access points. Yeah, those are nice. Because they just sit in your wall, they look like a network jack. They're just a white cover. They broadcast your wireless. Then they've got a network port underneath, so you can plug in wired if you want to. But then they could have two or three of those throughout the house. Just if I'm a layman, which I am, how would I go about installing those and making sure I've done it correctly? That would be a little difficult if you, if you haven't got cabling to your rooms, because you'd have to run an Ethernet cable to each location that you want to put one. But you can do wireless mesh with those as well, I believe. So. Which wireless meshes you need one? Yeah, talk one to me. Of, talk to me like I'm dumb. Yeah, because so I am. Explain it. What's a wireless mesh? So wireless mesh means that you have one AP, if it's a wall one or in the ceiling, that that one's connected wired back to your switch, but then the other APs connect to that AP, and then broadcast the signal all day. You see them often as like extensions. You can buy an extender for your wireless. It's a similar concept where it takes that signal and then rebroadcasts it out. What? Um, how do I know if I need one of those at home? In an office, you know, the, the answer is obvious, big, more people, whatever. But right. at my house, how do I know if I need that? If you If you go to the basement or maybe... Wherever your access point, go the furthest distance away from that in your house and see if you have wireless or how fast the wireless is. Open up a web page that launches fairly quickly. Try to stream Netflix. If you can watch it, then you're probably fine. If it starts to hiccup or, or buffer, then you'll probably need it. The little bars point. on your phone or whatever look like there aren't that many, then that area is kind of dead and you need to maybe get another access point or something to spread out that signal. And Ubiquity is the one to, the one that you would recommend? Because I've heard of some guys using, the, Google I think has a 
Google does. It has a, a wireless extender or mesh network. Do a mesh system. Yeah, I haven't messed with the Google one yet, but I've had a couple of friends that have it, and they love it. So. Okay, so another plug for Google. All right, so that's wireless. Uh, how concerned should I be on a personal level? I mean, corporate's a whole other ball game. Maybe we get into that, but security-wise, is because correct me here, built-in firewall on most home routers. You know, firewall's a loose term for those, but some built-in filtering. Is that enough for me as a home user working at home? I mean, you guys can say, you guys are the tech guys. I mean, I think the techie answer is absolutely not. You need the yeah. whole thing. But what, what is it really? But that makes me a hypocrite because I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honesty? Honestly. Um, uh, I, the, the thing is, is I think most home users are going to be connecting to a VPN anyways, right? So they're technically not on their own network. Mm. They're going to be behind their firewall. Um, so you do have that level of security in there. But, I mean, if you want to spend three, dollars $400 for a firewall, then you're definitely going to be more secure than if you just buy an Asus router or whatever. All right, but let's speak from like a, a business uh, IT management perspective. I know my user, my, my employees are just plugging into their home networks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a concern, right? That's, that could be a liability. Yes, no. For anyone that I had coming in from home, I required them to put good antivirus on their home computers uh, and be connected to a VPN so that they come in. So if they're coming into the network at the office, I don't want them spreading any sort of virus that they have at home into the office. So the... The client is usually willing to pay a couple bucks more for Sophos or something really good to keep their network safe while they're while their employees work from home. So that's that's a good that's a good point. Um, so yeah, maybe not. It's maybe not so much on the equipment side, but it is on the setup and software side. Yeah, is a v, do v, and this maybe is a silly question. Does it cost any money to put set up a VPN? Depends on the VPN. There are free ones that take some setup that you can do. Well, we would have deployed a client. But if we would deploy it at a client, we'd probably run it through a firewall that they've purchased, and then there is a license that that comes with that. It includes licenses. SonicWall comes with five. If you need more than five, you have to buy Licenses for the VPN. For the VPN. What's a typical cost on a VPN? Five bucks a month. For the license. Well, for, for the license. Oh, just to have the license. Uh, oh, yeah. The Sonic Wall licenses, like the global VPN, mm-hmm. they're 50 bucks flat out. Once you've got per, it, you've got once it. Once you've right. got it, you've got per it. Per license. For, per license. And, and you, you can shuffle those right. licenses around if you uh-huh. needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're just con- connected. You have yeah. five people connected at a Concurrent connections. Okay. So they come usually with five. And then anything and you've got that from is there. 50 per license. But you keep that for the life of that firewall. Okay. And then your recommendation would be turn on VPNs for everybody who's accessing from home and install. Our recommendation is Sophos, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Sophos, just the, is it Sophos endpoint protection? Or would you say 
endpoint plus um, intercept X. Intercept X. Absolutely, intercept yeah. X is really what makes Sophos such a good product. Awesome. And we can go into maybe we'll have another podcast where we talk more about the details of that side of cybersecurity. Yeah. I think that's a whole rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick just one VPN or Sophos, me it would be Sophos because yeah. it's going to protect you anywhere, right? So even if even if I log on to do check some emails at a public mm-hmm. cafe, you'll still be protected. Sophos is still there. Mm-hmm. There's of course, there's of course <laughs> caveats, yeah. exceptions, and okay. All right, security. We covered security. We covered wireless. What about other hardware? Do you guys have recommendations on just monitors, just whatever you can get your hands on? I would, I would get a docking station for okay. sure, right? Because in that way, everything's connected. You're probably gonna have a laptop if you're going back and forth from the office. Then that way you can just plug your laptop right into the docking station and you're not every single time you sit down, you're not plugging in three or four different connections. I so, finally borrowed one here and it has made a huge difference. Right? You just plug in, you're done. Um I'm not so much of a monitor snob, like whatever I've got works most of the time. I just need to be able to see it. But there yeah. are some people who really want, you know, the curved screen, the nice yeah. Samsung. Yeah, or, or higher refresh rates right. or whatever. But I think the bigger, like the more real estate you can get, the better. So a 24 inch is, 24 seem to be a good size, but you can get them at a reasonable price. They're 100, between 100 and 150 bucks monitor, which isn't too bad at all. Yeah. Um, keyboard and mouse, I'm assuming that's kind of a personal taste. Some people mm-hmm. don't care that much. I just use my laptop and then I've installed product called Mouse Without Borders. So I've got two computers that I kind of use for different things. But Mouse Without Borders, you put it on both computers and it connects over your internet, over your local connection at home. And then you can use that same keyboard and mouse on both computers. Oh, that's kind of cool. So I don't have to have another keyboard and mouse to go and control my other computer. I just set my laptop up. Keyboard and mouse for my laptop controls my desktop as well. That is pretty slick. I don't know how many people have that situation, but that's cool. That free download. It's just a Microsoft free uh, app. Uh, what else? What other equipment considerations would somebody have where they're work from home setup? I mean, I think a chair. I think you really need to make sure you have a good chair. Because if you don't have a good chair, that's going to make for a long day. Yeah, I mean, I just I just recently finally got a new chair, and I've been surprised how much of a difference it makes. I've been in, you know, just one of these office ones mm-hmm. that I took from here, but it's so much better to have, like, a back, mm-hmm. uh, like a headrest, headrest and some nice armchairs. So whatever you can find. Mine was only 130 bucks, which I thought was a pretty decent price. Yeah, I think that's pretty decent. Uh, anybody? anybody Printers are evil. Shout, yeah. shout out to anybody who still prints in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> On paper. <laughs> I'm sure there's still lots of I know many printing. Yeah, I mean, HPs seem to be solid. Like, HPs hardly, they seem to not break as much. Um, laser, you're going to, laser printers have gone down. But laser printers, your per page, per copy is less than a toner one. Than in, than in inkjet. You'll actually save money. If you do mm-hmm. a lot of printing, you'll actually start to save money if you purchase a more expensive laser printer just on paper and ink right. and toner. And they won't dry out, right? Because if you get an inkjet and you don't print for a while, mm-hmm. your cartridges will dry out. 
and then they're toast, and you just gotta spend fifty dollars a cartridge again on new cartridge. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, there, are, there are instances where you could buy a new printer for as much as it as the ink. Costs. Oh, there have been times where if somebody has an inkjet, I will just go buy them a printer because it will cost them less than. Epson <laughs> did just come out with one that has refillable wells instead of ink cartridges, so you can actually just buy refillable ink, just fill those mm-hmm. wells up. Printer's more expensive, of course, but start to save money like you would with a That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.